We're live. <laughs> and now we are live. Inside Boxing Live. Couldn't be any more live right now. Dan Canobio here in studio at John Boy Media offices with my guy, Chris Algieri. He's here in the flesh. He flew from Florida to be with us. Chris, welcome to the uh, John Boy Media offices. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got the John Boy hat, so now I'm John Boy official. It's official. I'm in the studio. I had to leave the sweltering heat of South Florida to come to New York. It's been very nice. I've uh, been here a couple hours, but ready to work. Yeah, so we just watched uh, Canelo and Triple G get on the scale. Uh, first time we've ever seen Golovkin at 168 pounds, a career middleweight. Yeah. St- a stubborn career middleweight. Never wanted to move up to fight Ward. Never wanted to move down to fight Mayweather. I am a 160-pounder. First time we saw him at 168. What did you see from Triple G up on the scale? Well, first of all, being stubborn is one thing. Ching Ching is another. Yeah. So the money will get you up, especially Canelo-type money. Um, but honestly, I thought he looked good. I mean, he, he obviously has the height advantage on, on Canelo. He was uh, standing quite a bit taller than him, which obviously is nothing new. He hasn't grown since the last two fights. But he looked filled in. He looked strong. His upper body looked strong. Not as lean in the midsection as, as, as we've seen him in the last couple fights. But that's to be expected. But next to Canelo, I didn't see a size difference in terms of can, uh, Triple G moving up in weight and looking like the smaller man. You've moved up before. You went from 140 to 147. Uh, like I just said, Golovkin has spent his entire career at 160. I feel like this is something in the fight that hasn't been talked about a lot. Yeah. That is him fighting at 168. Is it an advantage for Golovkin at age 40 not have to boil down to 160, or is it carrying around extra weight? So this one is a little different. Like I, like you talked about me moving up in weight. Seven pounds for me was a big, big change. Um, and a lot of the guys that I was fighting were actually bigger guys coming down. So that, that gap was different. This is different. Canelo's not truly a 68-pounder. They fought at 60. Canelo has fought as low as 47 or 48. So he's not like a bigger guy coming down. It's They're still the same two guys fighting, but I do believe that Canelo has put on a lot of lean tissue. He moved up to 75 twice since they fought, since the last time. So him boiling down to 68, he should be the bigger man in the ring. Um, that being said, I don't think it's as big as the difference as you might think, but... Uh, it's what we're, we're, you never know. I mean, Canelo being the younger guy, uh, he looked pretty lean this week. Looked like he was cutting down. Uh, Triple G looked healthy. That's good. That's a, that's we're ready for a big fight. I cannot wait for this fight. We've talked about it for a while now. Boxing fans, I would say, were mixed uh, mixed emotions for for this fight. They they did not want to admit that they were pumped for it. They're like, eh, you know, we've seen it twice. You know, they haven't fought since 2018. Uh, I thought Golovkin, I'm, I'm speaking for like the general boxing fan right now. Uh, Golovkin already won the first fight. You won't need to see a second one. There's no reason to see a, a third one. But this happens all the time in, in, in boxing, at least for me. It's like, if I'm not super pumped for a fight, but the closer it comes, and now that they're stepping on the scale, and now that I know in 24 hours from now we're getting ready for a, a huge fight night, that's when I get a little more excited. That's when it, it amps up and like, damn, like we're going to see Triple G and Canelo in a ring for the last time. Well, I think I'm probably with everyone else. I wasn't as pumped. And then I watched the first two fights earlier this week. Been super pumped since then. And, I mean, these guys, they make classics. Their first two fights were fantastic. Super hotly contested. Back and forth fights. The ebb and flow type classics that we're used to seeing from 30 years ago. So, if you're not excited about this fight, go watch their first two fights. You'll be excited for this fight. My boy, uh, Hagler. Not Marvin. Uh, in the chat, Triple G carrying the extra weight could be tiring. 
You agree with that? Interesting. Interesting uh, thought process. I don't know. It depends on how he treated the camp. So if he gained muscle, he gained tissue, he gained mass, then yes, he has more mass to, 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 to carry around. If he just didn't cut the last week mm-hmm. and just came in as he normally does, it's not going to make a difference. So that's something that I think the casual fan might not understand. No matter how good a shape you're in, guys will still cut water the week of the fight. Maybe he just didn't do that. Maybe he got in the same shape that he normally does and then just didn't cut the water the last couple of days. Nice. I love this. We're going live. I love being live. We're here with you here uh, for the next hour or so talking about uh, this big fight, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. We got our boy Ronnie. He's got his own camera now. Say what's up, Ronnie. What's up, Ronnie? <laughs> Ronnie, you are, I wouldn't say you're a boxing fanatic. In fact, like you probably didn't watch any boxing. Uh, until, soon to be boxing yes. fanatic. I was safe to say you didn't watch much boxing at all until you, you linked up with this show. Are you excited for Triple G Canelo? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I knew Triple G and Canelo as a very casual boxing fan. This was one of the few fights that I would recognize. So I'm actually very excited to watch this fight now, kind of with a little bit more knowledge. With a, Yeah, sitting next to, to me and Chris, and that's a big thing. Tomorrow night, uh, we made the announcement on social media. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here on this YouTube page, the John Boy Boxing YouTube page, we are hosting a live watch party from our beautiful live stream lounge here in New York City at the John Boy Media offices. Me, Chris, Ronnie, Chris's brother is coming, Chris's nephew is coming, some John Boy employees maybe will show up. Uh, we're going to be streaming the pay-per-view the entire night. We're going to be reacting. We're going to give analysis. So if you order the pay-per-view and you want uh, a secondary uh, broadcast, then you can tune into us. If you don't order the pay-per-view and you want to follow along with us, we're going to be sending out clips the entire time. Really excited for this. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. over on the John Boy Boxing YouTube page. We're going to have some fun, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm normally suited and booted and ringside you know, for these fights. Uh, I, I'm not this time. Wait, you're not wearing a suit tomorrow? I am not. Right, no, I'm going to change I, my I, fit check. I, might I thought we were. A little, fit check. A little more casual than even this. But uh, yeah, to be to be relaxed in a recliner and, and hanging out with, with, with some friends and, and speaking casually, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's tomorrow night, 8 p.m., John Boy Boxing YouTube page for our live watch party. It's going to be a great time uh before we get into talking more about this main event let's talk a little about the undercard chris we didn't talk too much about that uh on the uh show we did on thursday uh it's pretty good undercard you've got bam rodriguez you got gabe rosado people know gabe rosado's a tough fight you got ammo williams opening it up ammo williams kiernan conway first fight of the night uh ammo is a guy that i think matchroom's pretty high on uh, 160 pounder, explosive. Obviously, we know he had his his mental health issues, and he's back in the ring. Uh, so we're going to see Ammo Williams lead off the show. Kiernan Conway. I know you've covered a lot of Ammo's fights. Yeah. Um. Someone else who's really high on Ammo Williams is, is myself. I've called a, a few of his fights. I've interviewed him a few times. Uh, spoke to him many times outside of the ring. Uh, actually, called some fights with him. So yeah. he's good <laughs> on the mic. He's very good on the mic. Very good on the mic, and he's even better in the ring. So uh, looking forward to this step-up type fight. Conway is a very, very tough guy, uh, very capable. So this is definitely a step-up for Ammo Williams. But, I mean, Ammo has been phenomenal in his step-ups. His Cordell Booker fight, his last fight, Mm -hmm. which I thought was going to be, I mean, it was a step-up, but I thought it was going to be a test, was not. He blew him out in two rounds. I mean, he's that level of of prospect. We could see the same thing on Saturday night because 
he is that good. Emma Williams is that dangerous. He is that explosive. Um, and as tough and, and durable and, and solid as Conway is, I think Emma Williams is just that kind of a special talent. Yeah, he fought last on the Katie Taylor Minda Serrano card. Uh, first, it wasn't. It was on the before the bell. I remember, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna get in my seat before this fight. I, I didn't make it to my seat because yeah. he knocked him out, and that was his last fight. Uh, he's going up against Kieran Conway, a UK fighter. Uh, what do you know about Conway? Not much of a power shot. I, I know he moves around in there a lot, so I think Ammo's gonna be try, try, try to cut off the ring and get a hold of him. So not known for a power punch if you look at his record, but he hits harder than his record. He's a little bit deceiving in terms of that sense. He fought Cisco, um, and he actually dropped him in that fight, and it was a very very close fight. It was Somewhat controversial decision uh, at 154. This fight's being fought at 160, which I don't believe is going to help Conway. Um, but like I said, he, he he is a very capable guy. He's solid. He's got great condition. Um, you know, he, he's 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 been the distance. He's been the rounds. But he's got a bigger man, a very explosive man in front of him. And it's really going to come down to whether he can deal with the athleticism and mm. the power of Emma Williams. Shout out to Siempre El Reyes, who's watching with us on YouTube. Favorite boxing podcast. It's we right are? Here. We are. We are already. Yes. There you go. Oof. We got a lot more like coming. Uh, over on the undercard as well, Gabe Rosado. Uh, like you said, when we were watching the, the way in, like Gabe, he, he just he just can't die. No. He just keeps popping up. He's like a cockroach. Dude, or a cat. And I mean got, that respectfully, Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or a cat. He's got nine lives. Um, I don't know what life he's on at this point, but it's, it's, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth. But uh, no, I mean, he's he is a super capable guy. Uh, solid as solid gets, but he's he's got a, a very tough fight in front of him. Um, Akhmedayev? Akhmedayev? Yeah. Akhmedayev. Um, I called his fight against uh, Gungora, mm-hmm. which was uh, a tremendous, tremendous fight. Gungora fought the fight of his life, ended up pulling out the victory late TKO. But uh, Akhmedayev was, was phenomenal throughout. And so I'm curious to see how he's rebounded since the Gungora loss. But Gabe is always in there, and he's always there, and he's always going to test you. But um, we'll see. I mean, when I looked at the weigh-in, Akhmedayev looked a lot bigger. He's built he's tall. Like a freaking... They're built on different things, yeah. So, um, which is to be expected. I mean, uh, Gabe is not really a 68-pounder. 36 years old, Gabe Rosano, 26 and 15 and 1. That is a throwback record. Throwback record. I'm glad to see a guy like that still getting these big fights, though. And he's still like being the on big, Nate well, Diaz. Still being on big cards, not big yeah, fights. Big cards. He's like the Nate Diaz of boxing, where in, in the UFC, Nate Diaz is obviously celebrated because he fought everyone. I think he has 13 losses, Nate Diaz, in, mm-hmm. in the UFC. Which is a lot more which is a lot more common in yes. UFC, not in boxing. It's the one thing I wish that boxing would adopt from the UFC. It would I be... Agree. Let's make these losses. Let's normalize losses. Let's yeah. normalize. I think Israel Adesanya, now we're in a UFC podcast now. Israel Adesanya went, and he went up to what, like 205? I could be wrong yeah. here. And he lost. The, the Blackovich, yeah. And it didn't really matter. He went back down to his, his normal weight, and now he's headlining an MSG. Like, in boxing, triple uh, Canelo goes up to 175, fights Bivol, and drops loses. Down to, drops down to fifth on the pound Drops down pound. on people's pound-for-pound <laughs> pound list. People are saying he's washed. Yep. Uh, we did a whole segment on our show last time. Are we show, showing any uh, signs of slippage? It's the one thing from the UFC and MMA world that I wish boxing was more like. It's like, you know, 15 losses, that's probably a lot. But, like, you know, five, six, seven, like we were talking about earlier. De La Hoya, yeah. five losses on his career, but you remember those nights, those Vargas nights. You remember those nights when he fought uh, Mayweather, uh, when he fought Pacquiao, when he lost to Trinidad. Like, you remember those nights. So I wish that was a little, di- a little like, you know, 
Boxing could pick that up. Listen, I, I agree. I think my career would be a little bit different if that was a lot more, you know, because I fought everybody. I fought every opportunity that came up. I, I fought. I didn't. I didn't protect my record. My record at all. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was I was old school in that sense. I didn't really worry about losses and if they happen, they happen. But I want the biggest fights. We're not seeing that. We're seeing a lot. We talk. We spoke about this earlier uh, off air as well. You know, a lot of these guys are not fighting their big major fights until they're in their thirties. Where in the eighties. Most guys were almost done with their career by the 30s. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard and Benitez fought in their early 20s. We're not seeing that as much, but like we said, there's kind of a resurgence of that. We're seeing, uh, you know, the Lomachenko and and Tiafimo. We're seeing Haney getting these early uh, early opportunities. So hopefully these guys fight each other and we see more of that. Yeah, Akhmedaliov is one of those type of guys. Oh, he's not. He's actually older. I thought he was a little bit younger. But uh, going back to Gabe Rosado, um, and you took a look at his box rack. Jeez. You got Shane Mosley, his last fight. That was a close fight. Shane Mosley Jr. Yeah, Shane Mosley Jr. Yep. Uh, majority decision loss. He fought Jaime Munguia, which was a back-and-forth fight. Yep. Obviously lost, but he gave Munguia hell. He had that KO over Bek the Bully, Melikuziev. Awesome. Knockout of the year. He just Our boy Justin Shackle presented him with the knockout of the year a trophy before it. That's the reason why he's on this card, is because of that knockout gave him some life. Obviously, he fought Danny Jacobs. He fought Golovkin. I remember being at that fight at the uh, I was there. As, I was there as well. Bloody, bloody, bloody mess uh, Golovkin made of him. So that is one of the other I was also at the David Lemieux fight. Lemieux versus Rosado. Rosado, Rosado had his eyes shut, yeah. which a lot of people likened to my fight with Pramodikov, and I was just like, oof. You know, that I didn't think it looked like that from the outside. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Gabe Rosado's been in so many fights. He's on this fight card, too. Then we get to Bam Rodriguez. Yes. Jesse Rodriguez, and I heard a chirp from one of our fans. Uh, love the show, but I, I wish you guys would have talked about Bam more. I was like, I'm saving it for today's show because he deserves more uh, th- than just, you know, quick little thing. Bam Rodriguez right now, in my opinion, is the front runner for fighter of the year. Yeah. Beat Quadras. Stopped Sorong Vasai. Now he's going to fight three times. We just talked about how these guys don't fight. Uh, these young fighters only fight twice a year, or these young fighters don't get into big fights until they're in their 30s. Bam Rodriguez yeah. is, op- is the example of someone that's bucking that trend. You're talking about a guy who's, what, 23 years old, mm-hmm. fighting in his third fight of the year, taking big risks, moving up in, in weight, uh, moving down in weight. It could be a, a, a titleist in multiple divisions. Bam Rodriguez is such a, is such a good fighter. That kid, well... That kid. That kid's a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's all gas, no breaks. He wants the biggest fights possible. Um, let's not gloss over that Quadras ring, ring, win. Because not only is Quadras a fantastic champion and someone who gives everybody hell, he took that on like two weeks' notice. Jumped up two weight classes. Goes out there. I mean, runs, dominated the fight. Was, was you know, was competitive early, but really ran away with it. And then the Rungvisai fight, I mean... Talk about a standout statement fight. And now we're coming in, you know, we, we still got a couple more months in the year. He could potentially fight again after this, which, like you said, he he's he's is in the running for fighter, fighter of the year. I don't know who else would be the, the, the fighter of the year. I mean, uh, Bivol. Who's been more active? Uh, no one fights two, three times. I mean, it's two times a year. No one fights three times a year. I mean, Canelo. He might get four. Canelo won Fighter of the Year, uh, what, last year because obviously he cleared at 168 because also because he fought four times. Right. You know, Jesse Rodriguez three times uh, beating Rungvisai, beating Quadras. You know, that should should be enough. I think if Bivol uh, beats Gilberto Ram- uh, Ramirez. Big win. That Zerto, would be, that would be a huge November fight. 5th. Nah, that would be a huge That's fight. a win over Canelo, and that's yeah. a win over um, Zerto. He'd be in the mix, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, based on... Oof, it, it's tough because, you know, we often overlook the, the lighter weights, you know, and but 
Bivol beating Canelo and then beating an undefeated champion who's been around for a, a couple of years. That's yeah, yeah. That that, that they would be it would be a running there. Bam Rodriguez on the card. Um, I love this spot for him too, and this is a big spot. You can tell that Matchroom has big plans for him. Uh, obviously, everything I feel like is moving towards a fight with the winner of Chocolatito and Estrada three, which is set for December third tentatively, because I know a lot of people don't trust Estrada uh, to, to to go through with it. But I feel like that's they're on a crash course. You know, I've asked Bam this. I've had him on the show, and um, you know, I wanted to see if he would say anything negative about Chocolatito, who has got to be one of the most beloved fighters yep. out there. And he said, you know, we have a, the same promoter, uh, Mr. Honda. Um, you know, I've known him for a while. I have nothing bad to say about Roman Gonzalez, but I want to beat him and I want to retire him. And that's the big reason why Bam is so popular right now. And a big reason why he's made a name for himself is because he's in a division with legends. Yeah. And aging legends, which also helps. <laughs> but he is in a division with some of these big names. So if he can go from here, so let's say that obviously he's not going to fight uh Chocolatito for his fourth fight this year if there is a fourth fight but if Chocolatito gets past uh Estrada and Bam wins on Saturday night which he should that right there I mean they're both match from fighters why that fight's got to be made I bet if you ask Bam he's gonna want to fight both at some point he wants everybody. Estrada too yeah that's what I mean Estrada or Chocolatito whoever wins that fight doesn't matter but yeah no I mean I, like you said, they're on a collision course. For that fight not to happen, the winner of the Estrada Chocotito fight to fight Bam, I mean, I, I don't know what world that, that that those fights don't happen. So, but again, I bet you Bam wants he wants everybody. He's he's got that mentality. He's got that mindset. He wants to beat the legends that he grew up watching. And the thing I like about Bam, it's like Superfly has this notion where it's all just punch, 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 big time, like yeah. volume, 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 mm -hmm. like Estrada and and Chocolatito broke so many CompuBox records. Right. And same thing for Rungvisai. Rungvisai throws a ton of punches as, as well, but that's like the one thing. Oh, these guys at Superfly, they just throw a ton of punches. The thing with, with Bam is he does not throw a lot of punches. He is a low-volume, high-accuracy guy angles, and he beats guys in a different way, which is pretty refreshing. It's a different style for 115. Yeah, I mean, he, he fights more like those middle, the lightweight to middleweights fight where they're setting up their power shots and they get guys out of there. Bam knocks people out. Like you said, a lot of the flyweights, a lot of the American fans aren't familiar with the, the smaller weights because they don't score knockouts the way that the lighter weights, uh, the middleweights, the heavyweights do. But Bam does. Bam fights in a much, in a style where he's, seems like he's much bigger than he is. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you're right. That's a, that's a great point. The way that he, he, he stylistically fights that he is. He sets up his power punches and gets guys, guys out of there. Makes him a crossover star. Yeah, he lands forty four percent of his punches. Throws fifty five punches thrown uh, around, which is it's pretty low for, yeah. for that weight class. You're talking about a division where Chocolatito, you know, routinely throws over a hundred punches around. Estrada as well. Uh, he landed his jab, landed nine jabs per round. That's double uh, the weight class average for one fifteen. Uh, fifty-three percent of his power shots. I mean, Oof. you go about a fifty percent. That's like one thing that Roy would always say on on HBO. Uh, and then a lot of guys have now uh, ran with it. Once you go above fifty percent power punch, uh, connect rate, you know it's hard to lose. Is that where I got that from? Because I always you use I, it too. I I use that as well. Whenever whenever we see around fifty percent of your power punch just landed, you're looking towards a knockout. Rarely do you see a fight go ten rounds or twelve rounds when a guy's landing fifty percent of their power shots. Yeah, I think Roy was the first to say that on HBO Boxing, and then it's kind of like you know, 
passed down. It's gold standard now. It's, it's passed down. That's, That's Roy. Roy. He's the best. Uh, what do you see like for the the ceiling for Bam? We talked about this while we were watching the weigh in here. It's like obviously he could stick around at one fifteen and really clear out the whole division. Uh, he can go back down to one twelve. And uh, who's the guy at one twelve has the belt? He's always on Twitter. Why is why is he can go down to one twelve? I'm gonna search in a second. But what's the the ceiling for Bam? How high can he go? A lot of potential for Bam. The ceiling... Oh, Sonny Edwards is what I'm thinking of. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. The, ce- the ceiling for Bam is the ceiling for everyone. In a way. In a way versus Bam Rodriguez. Like a shiver just went up my spine. Listen, there's a lot of growing for Bam to do. Uh, not only in terms of weight classes, but also maturity. But, yeah, I, I don't see anyone smaller than In a way beating In a way. If, if that makes right. sense. You know, he moves up. He might, you know, he could lose a 26. He could lose a, a 30 if he ends up going that, that far. Um, you know, a 20. In a way, you're talking. In a way. You know, he yeah. goes up. He goes from 18. He goes to 22. He goes to 26, which he's going to. All those guys have to. They do that eventually. for bigger money. Co- of correct. Correct. I do not see anyone smaller or lighter than In a way beating In a way. Oh, my God. In a way versus Bam Rodriguez. Give, g- give that two years at least. At I mean, least. he's 115. In well, I don't know if is Bam really. You think he's more of a one fifteen naturally or one twelve? Well, he jumped up to fight Quadras. I mean, he can go back to one twelve. Uh, in a way, he looked when he fought uh, Nonito in the in the rematch. He looked big for the weight class. He looked like yeah. he's on his way up. So um, yeah, I, I think I think weight wise they're far apart. But yeah, I mean he's the ceiling. I think for everybody. In I want to see. In a way, he's a bad dude. Oh, uh, he's so he's so good. And I know hardcore boxing fans. Uh, know how good he is, and he's on everyone's pound for pound list top five. But I also on the same end of it, I feel like he's he's underrated, in a way, because he doesn't fight in the U.S., doesn't really speak English, mm-hmm. never see interviews with him. But he like top rank signed him, and I thought, oh great, we're gonna see him three times a year on ESPN. It's not the case. He's still getting big fights against Donaire, and now he's I think he's um, signed up to unify against um, a guy that he's gonna blow out in like three rounds. But he'll be undisputed. The fight that we want to see with Inouye, if it's not going to be Bam Rodriguez, is Stephen Fulton. Yeah. And he'd be going up yep. to 122. Right. So then we're getting far further away from an Inouye Bam fight. Right. Well, I mean, you asked what, what, what's Bam's ceiling? Because I think he, he, can, he can wipe out the division. He can beat the Four Kings. I think he can beat all those guys. I think he can move up. But I don't think he should look anywhere near Inouye yet. But yeah, I think, I think Fulton, Inouye, is a very interesting fight because it's, one, it's moving up in weight. Fulton's a bigger guy. But two, it's the style. Yeah. Fulton has that style. He's not a puncher like Inouye by any means, but he is a crafty, savvy guy. And those are the kind of guys that can beat punchers like Inouye. I say like Inouye, like we've seen a guy like Inouye and we haven't. Dude. So who knows? Inouye is so good. That yeah. fight against Donaire. Oof, scary. You were on the call. Yep. It was a little extra scary because it was like seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like way and too I much. I've been of, up since two, but yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> you called it with Bruce Beck yep, uh, my, for my Bruce ESPN Beck. Plus. I think that added to like the drama of it, and added. I was like, I, I shouldn't watch this much violence before eight a.m. Like his punches <laughs> were so loud, they sound different. They sound like a yeah. freaking gunshot. Mm-hmm. Poor Nonito Donaire, who obviously got a nice payday because when you fight in Japan, like Inoue's huge over there. When they when he fights there, they, they sell out. Um, that was tough. He hit so damn hard. I want to see him in big fights. Inoue. I know we're going on a little bit of a tangent, but we're talking about these younger weights. I want to see Inoue in bigger fights. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, so Inouye's doing what Donaire did before him. 
and that he transcended the weight class, the weight class, because people don't, in the, especially in America, don't care as much about the, the lighter weights. But but Donaire used to knock people out. People, the boxing fans care more because of Chocolatito, because of Rungvisai, yes. because I know this is like a, a a tough name for boxing fans. Peter Nelson, the guy who disbanded HBO Boxing, he, he put, put them on Superfly, the stage. Yep. Yes, he did a terrible thing disbanding HBO, and it probably came from someone above his head. But you can't deny the fact that he was willing to put these younger, guys, these smaller guys on HBO below a Golovkin and really let them shine. And now they're a staple of boxing shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it also he he the female fighters he put them on on, on HBO as well. Yep. So you know he he, he and maybe his for his 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 insight into the future was 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 right, but it wasn't the right time, obviously. But, um, Suit but man, do you know his thing with Portnoy? I do, I do, I do. I'm not very familiar with it, but I, I, I Portnoy know. roasted him. Yeah, well, Portnoy roast is a a master roaster. You don't want to get on the bad side of Dave Portnoy, but That's for sure. I think what it was is was Nelson was dating a girl that had one of the top podcasts on the Barstool Network. Something daddy. Call her daddy. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to leave Barstool. And Suitman came in and was advising them on how they can get out of their deal with Barstool. We're talking about a podcast that generates like millions of dollars. Millions, yeah. And Portnoy, you heard the story, Ronnie? No. And Portnoy Ooh, got a hold. Portnoy got a, a, a wind of this that this guy, Peter Nelson, who was former head of HBO Boxing, was trying to like finagle something to get them to leave Barstool. And obviously that would come out of Portnoy's pocket. Man, he went on a tirade. Yes. He were making cartoons with his head on it. Yep, yep. Suitman t-shirts. Boxing fans, boxing fans were loving it because boxing fans think of him as the guy that, that disbanded HBO. But once again, like that didn't come from just Peter Nelson. No, I, 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 see, I've, I've, I know Peter Nelson. I've met him multiple times through all the HBO fights and all, over the years. I, didn't, I never looked at him as the guy that disbanded HBO. But He was the head of HBO Sports I when know, they did it. For a very short period of time. <laughs> was, he, was he the head when you fought Pacquiao? Uh, no, no, it was after that, but it was, uh, who was it when, when you fought? Do you remember? Uh, it wasn't Ross Greenberg anymore. No, who was it? Hirschman? Ken Hirschman? I think it was Hirschman. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was Hirschman. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's a whole other tangent. I forgot where we even started with that. We started but. with, uh, the lighter weights <laughs> and we ended <laughs> with flies. Suit Man. Yeah. Yeah. Super fly to, to, to suit man. And now I'm going to talk about DraftKings, Ronnie. We're going to talk a little DraftKings right now. The football season has kicked off. My Giants are 1-0, and they're going to move to 2-0 this week. Uh, teams are celebrating their first wins of the season, while others are revisiting their game plan, whether your team won or lost in week one. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a shot at an easy W. New customers, all you have to do is bet $5 on any NFL wager, and you instantly receive $200 in free bets. That sounds pretty good to me. All new customers, $200 in free bets when they place any $5 wager uh, of uh, on the football team of their choosing. We have same-game parlays. I'm going to give you my same-game parlay in a second. I'm going to win it, okay? I'm going to win my same-game parlay. I'm willing this into existence. For those in a state where sports betting is not yet available, don't forget about Daily Fantasy. They have been innovating even more ways to win uh, some cash this football season. Uh, all you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code BOXING. Receive $200 in free bets instantly when placing a $5 wager. That's promo code BOXING only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Tomorrow night we'll be watching the fights from the DraftKings Sportsbook Lounge here at John Boy Media Offices 
And I pulled up some of these odds, Chris, and this is a very interesting fight to bet on. We know a lot about Can- uh, Canelo. We know a lot about Triple G. We know a lot about them fighting each other as they've spent 24 rounds together uh, in their now trilogy. I got to go. Uh, I mean, I went over a lot of these numbers. Golovkin is a plus 370 underdog right now. It's a pretty sizable dog. It's been growing, too. It's been growing. And Golovkin, I don't know what it is now after the weigh-in. That usually, you know, that's the lines it move a little bit. Effect, yeah. Uh, the under in this fight is 10 and a half rounds, and you can get that at plus 150. Golovkin by knockout. Canelo's never been knocked out, never been knocked down, plus 850. You got Canelo by knockout. Triple G's never been knocked down, never been knocked out, plus 140. Wow. Canelo by decision, which this is actually pretty good value. Canelo by decision. So if you think that Golovkin will be standing at the end of this fight, and Canelo doesn't maybe doesn't have the power. It doesn't throw a lot of punches. Plus one hundred five. That's interesting. Plus okay. money. Okay. And then you got both. <laughs> so the the stature of this fight, it's a big fight. So DraftKings rolls out a specials. They have a whole special section. Both men to get knocked down in round one. <laughs> <laughs> Plus fifty thousand. Yeah. That's Put one dollar right. on that. And you can walk away fifty thousand bucks. Both guys who have never been knocked down in their career go down in the first round. That's, a, that's one way to make the first round very interesting. <laughs> I'm doing it. Tomorrow when we stream it, I'm doing it. I'm putting a dollar if on If you that. put a dollar, I'll put two. Okay. And then we'll split it. Okay. Okay. And uh, well, then we also have Canelo. Let's just say um, Golovkin says, screw it. I hate this guy. Uh, I'm going to hit him in the nuts 400 times. I'm going to drop kick him. DQ. DQ's plus 10,000. Hmm. Canelo, uh, Triple G says, this is my last big fight. I really don't like you, Canelo. So Canelo I already by DQ. made my 100 million. I'm going to uh, put you in a sleeper hold. I think that should be more than 10,000. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> the chances of that are less than the first round knockdowns. Yeah, the special section is insane. Uh, Golovkin to be knocked down in rounds 1 through 3 or 10 through 12, plus 250. Golovkin to be knocked down mm-hmm. in rounds 1 through 6. And Alvarez to be knocked down in 7 through 12, plus 1,600. And they get bigger and bigger. Some of these, there's some really wild ones on here. Love be knocked down in round one, and Alvarez be knocked down in round two, plus fifteen thousand. I think that one should be even bigger. Yeah, that should be bigger. Both fighters that get knocked down three times. That should so be huge. So we're entering like Fury Wilder right. territory. Fifty thousand plus fifty thousand. Okay. So there's a lot to bet tomorrow night, but here's my official picks. Told you I'm gonna win this one. This is the, exactly what I think is gonna happen. This is where I think the most value is. Canelo Alvarez to win in round 7 through 12. He wears him down. Canelo's a slow starter. You know this. Throws like 35 punches around. Likes to download the data. Do you, do you like that term? Do you use that when you call fights? No. No, I don't. I would, use, I, would, I would say upload. He upload. Upload the data. Uploads the data. He, you know, Golovkin at one, 168, a little more... Got a little more extra on there. Yeah. You know, a little more durable. Never, Not that he's not durable. But Canelo stops him late. Maybe 10th round. Jonathan Banks waves, waves the towel. Canelo finally gets a decisive win over Golovkin. You get that at plus 220. I'm going to parlay that with our boy Bam, who we love, to win in round 7 through 12 as well. Plus 110. If my math is correct, that is a plus 330 value. 
And this isn't outlandish at all. Do you approve? You're paying for the pay-per-view. You're probably going to get dinner that night. No, you're watching us on the stream. Well, that's even better. But, I mean, yeah, you're making money that night with, with that. Yeah, you can make your money back right with me. Thank me. I have enough people saying you suck at making these picks. I want some people to start thanking me for these picks. I mean, time will tell. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night. That's the thing. It's like uh, I've got a side bet. If any of his bets work, <laughs> if Emmett wants to take the side money, <laughs> well, you can fade me too. That's the thing. Like bet against whatever right, I tell right, you. Yeah, we're gonna people, people do that all the time, right? Yes, that's the thing. Fading. But I'll tell you what. That's, I'm not. I'm not really keen on the betting. So it's called fading. Fading. Like if you like if someone's like, oh, Kenobio's 0 for nine. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. Let's bet the opposite of what he thinks is gonna happen. Right. Because that's usually what happens. But parlays are hard. They want me, DraftKings wants me doing these parlays. It's like a lot of times the first leg hits or the other leg hits, but the other one doesn't. Yeah, but fighting is really hard to bet on because <laughs> anything it is. can happen. I like to bet over under. Like rounds is like the easy. I feel like it's one of the easier ones to bet on. Like when you, you think someone's going to be stopped playing, the over under on this one is... is well, you said the ten and a, under 10 and a half rounds stoppage for Canelo. It's plus 150. That's a, that's a, a, a good bet, I would think. Yeah, that's the value. That could very, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's definitely a risk. Every betting every bet's a risk, but that one seems pretty fair. Canelo said he in an interview that he is going for the knockout from round one on. Is that a good thing? We've seen this before. Yeah. Tiafimo Lopez, George Cambosa's recent memory. Does he mean it? Well, it would go against everything he is about stylistically if he comes out and he throws 50, 60 punches in round one, leaves himself open for a counter from one sixty eight. Uh, Golovkin. So I've done a lot of analysis of the first two fights this week. And in the second fight, I actually thought that Canelo was on his way to stopping Triple G in the middle rounds. He did a lot of body work. Triple G was looked visibly uncomfortable with a lot of the shots that were hitting him. Um, and then he gassed out. And then Triple G came on really strong in the last three rounds of that fight. Talk about the first fight? The second fight. Second fight. Especially 10, 11, 12. Triple G was really in the hole in the second fight. And then really had to come back. And he came on really strong 10, 11, 12. And I think part of that is because of how hard of the push that Canelo was was putting on in those middle rounds. So coming out for the knockout early, I don't know. Uh, do you guys ever do that? Like the only time like, no, I mean, I've guys ever say seen that. it, every time I've ever seen it though, and I've seen it more times than I can remember, but the one that's most you know visibly in my memory is Tiafimo Cambosis. Oh, that's really bad. He came out in the first round. Swinging for the It time. was like loading up first from four. the first row. Yeah. And... Credit to Cambosos for like, all right, this guy's going to shoot his load and I'm going to wait and I'm going to knock him down in the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would be, I, I would love to see this if Canelo came out. That'd be so unlike him. It'd I don't be even so know what Canelo character. guns blazing would even look like. I've never seen he's, it. He's so, he's so tight. We've seen it against Yildirim. But even yeah, that but was a little more There was nothing coming back. What does guns blazing Canelo look like? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've never seen it. I, I mean, I'm thinking of... um um when he uh, 50, at 54, uh, what was his name? The, uh, El Perro. Um, oh, Angulo? Angulo. Uh, he was a punch. Yeah, I mean, Angulo he's a punching bag. so much. I mean, Yildirim wasn't, wasn't much more than that. But, like, yeah, that, that's where I've seen the you know, biggest, widest shots. Or even James Kirkland, you know, mm, throw, throwing right hands from yesterday. Do you ever see the video of the Kirkland knockout, but they take Canelo yeah, out of it? Yeah, make him invisible. <laughs> it's wild. Can you pull that up, Ronnie? James. What do you need? James pull up, pull up James Kirkland versus Canelo, knockout, invisible. Yeah. And by the way, we have someone in the chat, Christian Gardner. Is that a friend of yours? I've never met that man in my life. He said, "Who is the handsome man in the corner?" I'm kidding. He's a good friend of mine. That's Ronnie Can. Ronnie's becoming. He's going to be a big star of the show. 
bottom, gonna be with bottom us. corner there. No, I'm just the shadow of your greatness, Dan. Oh, come on, come on. Know, yeah, but James Kirkland, remember that knockout? That was nasty shit. Nasty, nasty. I mean, he 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 loaded that right hand up from basically threw him his, from his back pocket, whack, right around the oof, spun his head around, and that was it. Can you even get it on the screen? Um, that was just a fool's errand. I just sent you on. Yes. Let's move on. I mean, I can watch it myself because I haven't seen it. I, I want you to react. see it, and then I want you to react. That's like a whole thing. Oh, on, so on, that's a whole thing on the internet too. It's like James reacting. Kirkland, James invisible. Kirkland, invisible knockout. All right, I'm gonna. They click took the- Canelo out of the shot, and it's just him eating shots and then getting like helicoptered out of the ring. But also, you you can see the reverberation through his body as he's getting hit. It's it shows you how much power fighters possess and what they do to each other and what, what our bodies are going through. Yeah, let's go. And I'm sitting there making jokes. You've actually been in the ring taking yeah. punishment. I and mean, it's no joke. These, hit some of these guys. Who's I've the hardest hardest puncher you ever faced? Oh, Pravotnikov by far. Like by a, far. Like a mule, right? Oh like, he's just God. made out of iron. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy just watched it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look, look how his body reacts. It just... Shut down. Looks like gunshots. Well, that's he. He went out. He was like, "Listen, I'm going out, guns blazing." Yeah, Kirkland. Mm-hmm. He had Ann Wolf in the corner. Oof. Yeah, just which is what her style. Emasculating was. him, saying, <laughs> "Go out there and be a man." Canelo looks so young. He, dude, he's been oh, around. That was, that was 2004. What? what 2015. Oh. May 10th, 2015. The HBO box. I thought it was earlier than that. That is seven years ago. That's yeah, how so long Canelo's been in this game. 25, 26. Yeah. 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 Wow. What is he? Thirty-two now or thirty-two 30? now? Yeah. So yeah, he's twenty-five years old. I would I mean, like to start the trend of calling him the LeBron James of boxing. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally did not hear that on 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 the way in. But no. he, he, in a way, he is like there was a stat that came out about LeBron. Um, just not that I think he's one of the greatest to ever fight. He's probably one of the the up there greatest Mexican of all time. Up there with Chavez. Well, Chavez said that when, when I when I called the fights in Guadalajara, Mexico, when Chavez Senior fought his last fight, he came, he brought Canelo into the ring to say he was the best, and Canelo was like, "No, no, 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 no." no Wait, I always are. said that even if he's in a discussion, yeah, because we're never gonna. This is like the MJ versus LeBron debate. How do you even figure out a winner? It's just what it, what you think, what your opinion is. So the fact that he's even listed in the yeah, same really breath, point. great point, is amazing, and it's something that. Five years ago, seven years ago, we never would have thought for Canelo. It's really going to come out in 10 years when we look back. Mm. And we're like, all right, we've gotten, we've gotten away from the era, the Canelo era. And then we can compare it versus the Chavez era. Um, but I don't know. And, and Canelo said it best. He's like, you're the, you're, you're the best. I'm never going to be better. Like, I'm, I'm it now, but there's no you. Like, you are the only one. You're the first one, whatever. Um, so I, I understand where that's coming from. But I think when we pull away from it, we'll really be able to look at it. Yeah, the fact that we're even having this, that discussion just, just shows everything. But the, I don't, obviously, he's not the, the greatest of all time, or like LeBron is maybe top five. But 52% of Canelo's life has been spent as a professional boxer. Same thing for LeBron James. In term, he's what, 38, LeBron? He's going to turn 39 in December. And he turned pro when he was 18. 18. That's, I can't do the math on the fly. This isn't a math podcast. Yeah, this is going to be his 20th season in the NBA. In yeah, the so more, so half of his life so too. over 20 years as a pro. Yes. Right, he, he turns out big crowds. We just saw that that, that way in. He, he's uh, single-handedly uh, keeping the sport afloat. Um, I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see this uh, fight uh, tomorrow night. Want to do Path to Victory? Yeah. We'll start with Golovkin. Um, no one's really giving him a chance. Vegas isn't giving him a chance. 
Uh, I'm not giving him a chance, which actually might bode well for him. I picked against him, so he's probably going to win. <laughs> so <what> His chances <laughs> just went up. By <laughs> you saying he doesn't, he's going to lose. Yeah. His chances went up. So what is Gennady Golovkin's path to victory to finally getting that official win over Canelo? Okay, well, number one, he has to start fast. And not so much that he has to start fast because he never starts fast, but he can't start slow. When he fought Murata, he fought he started slow. And it, it was it was evident. And Murata was able to get off with right hands, especially body shots. Um, so I think I think Triple G has to start fast. He cannot get himself into a hole and then have to dig himself out like he did in, in the second fight. Mm-hmm. In the first fight, he started very fast. He won a lot of those first rounds. In the first fight, out of the first eight rounds, I only gave two to Canelo. And then Canelo rocked back. The first fight. The first fight. You gave Canelo two rounds. So it was two six, out of the first eight. Six-two. I did six-two. Through two, nine. Through nine. Wow. And then Canelo roared back at the end, and I still had I had Gennady Golovkin winning the first fight, um, which I think a lot of people do, even though it was considered a draw. So that's number one. He has to start fast or, a.k.a., not slow. Number two, the jab. The jab, the jab, the jab. That's, that's his best weapon. It's the most accurate jab in boxing. Mm-hmm. He's very, very busy with it. Um, it, it's the punch that gave Canelo the most trouble when he fought Bivol. Those shots banging on his head. What's Bivol's? Why was Canelo not able to handle Bivol's jab, and why was he able to handle Golovkin's? The difference with Bivol is the footwork, his in and out, his ability to change range. Yeah, Golovkin fend- doesn't have the no. footwork. Canelo, uh, Triple G is essentially a plotter. He's a very accurate, sharp plotter with, with actually, he's got pretty good defense. I know, I know he gets hit with a lot of punches. He doesn't get hit clean a lot until recently. So he's a kind of guy. He comes forward. He's a plotter. He does not have that in and out mm-hmm. defense, uh, in and out foot movement like like Bivol does. So completely different guys in terms of the, uh, comparing those two. But the jab was the main weapon for Bivol for in his victory. And I think if Triple G is going to win this fight, he's going to have to really utilize that jab, which he did in the first two fights. But he has to be consistent. He also needs to fight with some kind of consistency. In the mm, first two yes. fights, he was on and off, and. Which we see in a lot of times when we see great matchups, we see ebbs and flows where one guy takes over and then the other guy kind of waits and then they go back and forth. If if Canelo, if Triple G is going to win this fight, he's going to have to be consistent. It's a lot to ask. At 40 years old, yes, it is. Well, Especially can Can- against Canelo, yeah. yes, it is. His jab, I would not be shocked if he lands like a 10 jabs around or oh, he will. 30% of his jabs. That's fine. That's, he will. You know, I don't doubt that. Um, starting fast, I think that might be beneficial. Yeah. 40 years old, go in there, try to take him out, or make for a really fun fight. The consistency part, you could probably attest to this better than anyone in this room. You actually step into the ring. Consistency part is is going to be tough. Like putting, you know, stick to the body, completely abandoned the body in the first two fights. They had 14 body shots uh, in the 24 rounds. Um, being consistent is going to be really, really tough, especially against Canelo, who arguably has gotten better since the second fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Canelo has definitely gotten better. He's changed. He's added folds to his game. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to utilize those folds against Triple G, though. I, I feel like these guys are just going to go back to what they do when they fight each other. They That's meet each true. other and they look the same every time. Like I said, every, I mean, it, it, all 24 rounds, you could mix them all up. They don't look like they've progressed in terms of the way they fight each other. They just, it's just who wins what round. Has that ever happened with you where you had a game plan going into a fight? And then maybe you get hit with a shot, or maybe something kicks in, and you just you just com- game plan goes out the window. Oh, it's countless times, countless times, especially early on in my career where the game plan was to box, and then you get cracked, and it's like you know what, or or I go into a fight and be like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it today. I don't want to box. I want to fight. I just want to fight. Wow. And that, that you know that happens, and you gotta have to make that game time decision. As you get up, you really have to just pull the reins on that and grab your nuts and put them <laughs> put them back in your trunks and be like, okay, 
do what you're how supposed hard to do. Is, how hard is that, though? Oh, when you've got people, that, you know, we're watching, we're sitting there in the crowd, you know, drinking, yelling. It's like an insane atmosphere. That's the difference between a world champion and, and a prize fighter. Right. You, you and have to, yeah. You have to rein in your emotions and say, you know what, and, and make that decision in your head. Like, I'm, I'm not fighting my fight. I'm starting. I got to get back to boxing. That must be really hard to do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, but both these guys are such high level guys. They've been they've been to the top. They've been to the mountaintop, both of them. So um, I, I don't think that's going to be as much of a factor for these two than we would see with uh, maybe other fighters. All right, so that's Golovkin's path to victory. You're saying he needs to... Start fast, utilize the jab, be consistent. Love that. Let's go to Canelo. Uh, obviously a huge favorite in this fight. Uh, everyone's picking him. Most people are saying he's going to stop him with a body shot. Um, we've, we've seen from Canelo at 168 is dominance. Uh, what we've seen from Canelo against fighters taller than him, dominance. Um, 175, it's sticking in a lot of uh, fight fans' mind, a little bit of slippage. Uh, where do you see Canelo, and what's Canelo's path to victory? Number one, go forward. I think he learned in the 12th round of the first fight that he was in less danger moving forward on Triple G than moving backward. He spent a lot of the time in the first fight on the ropes in the first fight, and I swear I think he lost a lot of those rounds. In the 12th round, he stood his ground, he came forward through a really hard combination as soon as the round started, and then pushed Triple G back the rest of that round. And even though the punches are big, Triple G, I think, is actually the harder puncher of the two. Um, he was able to take them much better, and he took that into the second fight. Mm -hmm. He started sh pushing forward immediately. He won over the Mexican fans because of that. Um, he just ran out of gas towards the end of the fight, uh, in, in, in my eyes. So, number one, he has to push forward. He has to be consistent. He has to go at Triple G and fight him head on. Number two. Number two, he's got to utilize his own jab. I think if he... What if is Canelo's jab? I feel like he never talks about his jab. He never talks about his jab, but it's a very good jab. We don't. No one talks about his. It's jab. a very good punch. It's a very good jab. He sets punches up really well with that. Um, it's just that he's gotten away from it in past and recently. He's been fighting a lot of bigger, taller guys where he has to wade in. Think Caleb Plant. Mm -hmm. Think uh, Kovalev. Two guys that he wasn't trying to out jab. Right. You know, he was just moving in, kind of wading through through the jabs here and there. A lot of his jabs are eye catching, but they're not consistent. He doesn't throw a lot of jabs. I think in this fight, he has to utilize that jab while coming in and staying low. So if he comes in, sets sets the tone as is going in a, in, a, in a jabbing contest with Triple G, where he's able to push him back and while being aggressive. I think that's going to be important. Number three, number three, the body. Hammer the body. What have we seen the biggest weakness in Triple G since the Canelo fight? The body. Body shots. He's been hurt by Devonchenko badly. He's been hurt by Murata, who's not a body puncher at all. At all. Visibly hurt. Visibly hurt, wincing, tucking his elbow in, avoiding, pushing his pushing his his uh his his trunks down. When you see a guy push his trunks down with both hands, yeah, what does that mean? He's hurt to the body. Yes. So anytime you see a guy do that, whether he's in the round or in the corner, he's hurt to the body. And Triple G has done that. Um, he did that with the Murata fight. He did that in the Devonchenko fight. So if Canelo can stay consistent with the jab and the body work, I think he has the opportunity to get Triple G out of there. There's a great path to victory right there. I'm trying to pull up uh, Golovkin's body numbers. I mean, he's a great body punch. These numbers are just going to illustrate them even further. I, the, the Matthew Macklin fight oh my God. Is, is burned in my mind. Yeah, Breaking his rib, hitting him with a, with a left hook to the liver. You're talking about Golovkin. Golovkin, yeah. No, I'm talking about Canelo being a great body puncher. Oh, well, I mean, forget it. But why did Golovkin abandon the jab in those those two fights, the first two fights? Golovkin abandoned the jab in which fights? In the first two Canelo fights. I wouldn't say he did. They're just so this is this comparing these two guys is really tough because they're such polar opposites in terms of visually. 
Canelo is such an eye-catching puncher and combination you know, thrower. Yeah. And then Golovkin's so subtle. Like, the, those jabs that he throws on the inside, they're super short, they're super tight. He just gets his head offline. A lot of those jabs were were that were thrown, they're not as eye-catching as a lot of the jabs that maybe Canelo was throwing. Um, but I do think, you know, the jab was, was an important weapon. I think he needs to make that the kind of weapon that he utilized throughout his entire career. But... You know, yeah, it's, it's hard to do against Canelo. That would be interesting if out of nowhere he starts throwing to the body in this fight after not landed much in the first two fights. So uh, th- th- you can check because again, I did a lot of a lot of analysis for this fight. I think it was round number four of the. F- was it the first fight? Maybe, but uh, Triple G actually hurt Canelo to the body with a left hook, and uh, Reynoso yelled at Canelo and said, "Hey, at the end of that round, you backed up too much." Meanwhile, it was because he got to, he got hit with a liver shot that I don't That's think anybody it. saw. Yeah, I have the numbers here now for Canelo. Thirty-one um, percent of Canelo's landed punches are body shots. Thirty-one yeah. percent. That's that's career. Career. Yeah, last wow. twenty fights. Wow. Well, just thirteen percent of Triple G's are body shots. Even thirteen is a pretty good amount. Thirty <laughs> crazy. Average is is right around yeah, right twenty-five percent. I want to see, yeah, I'll be interested to see that. But that's the thing with Canelo. That's what I think. That's that's what everyone is saying. It's like the common thought on this fight is that Canelo is going to stop Golovkin to the body. Or at least How weekend. shocked would you be to see? We've obviously seen Golovkin slow down. We've seen Visible hasn't fought, only fought four times in the last four years. Um, we probably wouldn't be as shocked to see him lose as we would have like five years ago. Mm-hmm. But still, I think if Canelo is able to knock out. Knock him out, knock him, you know, TKO, stop him. Yeah, stop stop him. him. Yeah. Would that like, would that be like an oh shit moment? Or it's like, all right, this is what we thought. I think it's an oh shit moment. It's an oh shit moment because it, like you said, it's, it's Triple G and it's Canelo and it, and it's the final statement in the trilogy, right? Um, oh, I'm getting pumped. Oh, I'm, I've been pumped, but I wouldn't be that surprised. It would still be like, oh shit. Yeah. We have, we've never seen. This. It would be oh shit, but I wouldn't be surprised. Put it that way. What if Canelo goes the distance and he wins eight to four? That's my prediction, actually. Oh, we're supposed to wait to the end. Come on, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Who cares? We're we're not going Who towards convincing. Yeah. Well, James Burrell, normal, intelligent people discussing boxing instead of fake gangsters talking over each other. Is this allowed on YouTube? Um, should we change up? Get used to it. Yeah, you're a <laughs> you're a phony. Jake Paul would knock out Canelo. Yeah. I said it. What are you gonna do? Well, and now that you said it, it's definitely... You got a hot take? Boxing hot take? Uh, Yeah, Bam Rodriguez is defeating Inoue. Wow! Whoa. We have that. On, you're on camera now. For the record, he has yeah. no idea who either of those guys are. No, <laughs> no, no. I, now I'm in this You business. know Bam. You don't know, know Inoue. Bam. Oh, oh. I do know Inoue. You okay. showed me... Well, I don't know him personally. You, but saw, you, you, saw you showed me the highlights. The, the guy's nuts. I, I came into work that... Here, this isn't work. I came into work... Um, after doing the copy box, well, well, no, this is work. I'm telling people this is my job. Oh, so this is work. <laughs> I mean, the lights are on. Someone's paying for all this. Um, I came into the office after working that 7 a.m. fight for copy box, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dude, you got to see this knockout." <sighs> yeah, and I was like, "Listen, Scary. just listen to these punches Ugh. and watch this guy to, with an electric guitar in the ring beforehand." Well, yeah, I'm not even going to ask you because I know you saw it, but he threw one right hand in the first round. One. He waited to the, the punch that dropped him. He he was setting up the whole time. He's, he was throwing left hook, and I said it on air. I was like. Got to be careful hooking with a hooker because Donaire is a brilliant left hook and yeah. starches everybody with that. And in a way, came out throwing hook, hook, 
hook, hook, and then found the right hand. Bing. Put Stoner down. First first round. This is an NOA podcast now. Apparently. He hasn't found the United 30% States. Of 30, 30, 31% of this <laughs> podcast has been NOA. It's been NOA. I'm fine with that. I love the guy. Uh, he's fought in the U.S. Yeah, once, but not enough. Like, he's huge in Japan. He's like a massive star there. So he's like the Canelo of Japan. He's another one, though. His interviews are very lackluster. As a casual boxing fan, I want to see more of him. Yes. Well, I think everyone who would see him would say that. And it's just not enough people see him. And he signed with Top Rank, which is the, the guys that are aligned with ESPN. Yeah. It's like the biggest, one of the biggest platforms you can have. Right. I just think, I don't know what the, the thought process is. I, maybe I should DM Carl Moretti and ask him, what the, what the F, man? Um, he's going he's gonna to give you some exp- expletives back. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he wants to see him, too, fight more. It's just, I don't know what I was saying. When's the last time you seen Carl excited? Very rarely. Yeah, he plays golf. <laughs> yeah. That's it. When Notre Dame plays. Notre Dame, golf, or talking about Sopranos. You were saying there something about Jake Paul knocking out Canelo? Something yeah, like yeah. That? Jake yeah. Paul was going to knock out Canelo, and then uh, he's going to fight Mayweather, and then uh, he's going to save he's Again? the savior. Oh, uh, no, Jake. No, we're talking about Jake. I'm ca- I see I confuse him. He, he's the savior uh, of boxing, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is. Yeah. I, you said, I, which one's right which again? Jake is I'm, the I'm, I'm shorter sorry. one. I'm too old for this. I'm shorter one. Okay. There's another boxing podcast or another guys out there. You you know these guys. Our, our buddies Maddox and mm-hmm. Sergio Mora. Yep. Like Sergio is like, I wouldn't say he's angling for a fight with Jake Paul, but like he still trains. Oh. Like he, he'll go out of his way to trash Jake Paul any chance he gets. Maddox thinks it's because he's trying to get a fight with Jake Paul. Interesting. Uh, How about you? Can we get this you in the ring with Jake Paul? No, he's... Fucking 200 pounds. <laughs> so load up. So eat more steaks. Dude, <laughs> Let's go to Frankie and Johns. Let's get you to one. He's coming down, Jake Paul. He's coming down to 175 now. Okay, get him in cool. the middle. Okay, if he can come down to 155, then I'll I mean, got to fight. You heard it here first. Chris Algieri. I'll fight him at 55. Jake Paul, 155. <laughs> and we're going to do it right here in New York City. Because that's one thing. Like, uh, do it at the warehouse. Who, oh, Whoa. Jersey City. Uh, I, I, actually, I actually like these guys. I just can't remember their names right now. So Jake and then yes. who's the older one? No, I, yeah, Paul I we're clowning about their, they actually are. Take the sports serious. Jake Paul is the shorter, stockier one. Right. Fought no, 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 I know, I know Jake. Okay, so Logan, Logan is okay. actually like in the WWE now. And doing he's awesome. He is. He can wrestle. Um, he can talk. I mean, he's got like this. Uh, obviously, he can talk. He's got this drink now. Prime, he's just, the kid just printing money. He can do everything but box. But <laughs> so that's, box. That's, Jake Paul's a way better boxer than his brother Logan. Way better. So that's 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 my point is that uh, Mayweather fought Logan and Logan outweighed him at 50 pounds. That was hard. I guarantee you Logan's not, I love Mayweather's not fighting Jake because Jake can actually punch. That's what I thought the fight was going to, I thought they were building towards something oh, like hell that. Oh, hell no. No, Jake can actually punch. That was That's not, Tyson, a, that's not a good idea. Mike Tyson versus Jake Paul? Uh, you can't sanction that. Years old. Who's no. sanctioning? He's fifty-seven. They, they're just barely getting Silva in under under the yeah, age 47. limit. Just under. You know, like if he was forty-nine, eh, you know, but like forty-seven. Okay, we can make this fight. All right, so there it is. Um, our our weekly Jake Paul segment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on to, I think we were talking about like if Canelo wins an eight-four decision, right? That's what you that. predicted. Uh-huh. Um, no big moments. No, I'm not. I'm saying. Listen, the first fight had big moments. I think. I think. I think it's going to be a very tightly contested fight. Both guys are going to really step up like usual, and I just think that Canelo, being younger, fresher, and hungry off that loss, also with the weight, I think he's going to pull away and really separate himself. For our fans, this is a loaded question. This is hard to do. Our boxing fa- will boxing fans be satisfied with a Canelo 
sound decision. No knockdowns. Yes. Or it'd be like, oh, he beat an old man and he wasn't able to stop him? Well, no, because in history, it's going to go down as Canelo is 2-0-1, which is huge, which angers me because I really think it's 1-1 right now. Um, And I feel bad for Triple G because his legacy is affected by that. Because if he loses tomorrow night, he's going down as 0-2-1. I I almost feel like he's fine with it in a way because... I doubt it. He's getting so much money. Cool. Money's cool, but but I mean, legacy. Legacy is forever, man. I mean, we could potentially be seeing Golovkin's last fight tomorrow night. We could potentially be seeing his last meaningful fight if he continues to fight on. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that should be taken into account. Um, obviously, uh, he, he wants to, to win that one. but And uh, obviously, a lot of fans feel a little bit differently about Golovkin than they did five years ago. Like five years ago, he was beloved. Oh, five years ago, he was beloved. He was the Mexican style. He spoke to the crowd. Like, he was like, everyone loved him. He was borderline in the first fight, like... You know the f- crowd favorite over Canelo. I agree. I agree. And this is a whole damn arena of Mexican fans. Yep. yep. But this one's different. I think Marcos Vegas tweeted like the he almost got booed at this one. Yeah, I mean he he's so he remember he remember he would say good boy. He did that. Thing. Yeah, and he doesn't he was do that dude, anymore. No, 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 no. He he has that was so he was made. That was like a marketing thing. Yeah, he, he's really pulled away from the public eye in terms of that and um and the Mexican style thing. It's tough when you're fighting the Mexican guy. And you're, you know, you're, well, you're, is your Mexican style. That's what we said in the first one. It's like the second fight, uh, whether you had Canelo winning, whether you didn't have him winning, you can't deny that Canelo he changed up yeah. his game plan. He came forward. Mexicans obviously love come forward fighters. Even if he lost, he was going to fight like, you know, going out, uh, you know, against what he was before that, which was more of like a shifty Well, guy. in the first fight, he literally fought off the ropes most of the fight. Right, and his career, and his career before that, the, the first fight with, with Golovkin, he did not fight like he does now. No. He wasn't a stalker. No. A little now, more of a counterpuncher, a little more of a, you know, shiftier in there. Yeah, the the way that Canelo has adapted his style over the years, I think the Mayweather fight was a big one. I think after the Mayweather fight, he really changed up. He started rolling his shoulders a lot more and countering off that. And then in recent years, he's moved up, and the guys are just too slow for him. So he's just like, I'm just going to walk forward and just well, Golovkin explode. Slow. Golovkin is slow, but he's not that like much taller guy. He can he's actually active, not like a lot of the other guys that he's been fighting. And you want an oh shit moment. The oh shit moment would be Golovkin knocking out Canelo. So <laughs> Golovkin hurt Canelo Gol- in the in the most that I've ever seen Canelo hurt in round number ten of their second fight. Look that up. People at home, no one fight. made a big deal out of it. He got hit with a right hand. Uh Canelo was in combination, gets hit with a right hand, and you can watch you watch his left arm just go like limp. He gets hit with a right hand, boom, and he's throwing a left hook, and the left hook just goes dead in the air. And then no one really said anything. But for the next couple rounds, it seemed like Canelo was fighting, fought well, but was fighting hurt. I'm excited. I'm so pumped for this fight. I have a question. Oh, Ronnie, question. Whoa, Ronnie from the side. What would you guys think of Canelo's career if he loses this? match that's a phenomenal question it's a phenomenal question because this will be two losses in a row yeah a guy that hadn't lost in eight years a guy that was over the top praise for him and it was warranted mm-hmm. now this is two straight losses mm-hmm. one to a guy at 175 okay you could say that was a guy going up too too much in weight now to a 40 year old Golovkin who's washed I don't know man I, I don't know where it puts him, but it, it starts to say, man, he is really human now. And maybe this is the start of, of a decline. So does the question, Ronnie. <laughs> great question, Ronnie. 
Um, I I think it'll it'll affect his legacy for sure, for sure. But I also think the Bivol the Bivol fight is going to affect his legacy very negatively as well, more so than I think it, it should in terms of how much weight it's going to hold. But what happens if Triple G beats him? Then what? Does Triple G go? Oh, fourth fight? Or does Triple G go? No, I won the first one. Now I won the third one. I'm good and retires with the money. And then it really hurts Canelo. Because if they fight again, then Canelo wins. Then you know. We- well, at that point, Canelo. I mean, Triple G has a lot of money at that point. Yeah, uh, he has already a lot of money right now. Why would he? Yeah, I could see him not giving I can him see a fourth. Him going, I'm I not letting you win back these bouts. Another thing that a lot of not a lot of people are talking about with this fight is the 168 with with Golovkin for the first time, yep. and the fact that if Golovkin wins this fight, he is the undisputed champion at 168. Yeah. A f- a People division. forget that because because Canelo's coming off a loss, but right. he's still the undisputed at 168. A division that he's never fought in, a division that, you know, there's a lot of good fighters at 168, Benavides, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Plant. Benavides is a bad dude. Bad man. A lot of guys coming up from 160 to 168. All of a sudden, Golovkin is the guy with all the belts. I could see him saying, you know what, I'm not giving you a rematch. Or I could see him saying, I'm, at, I'm 40 now. This is crazy because this is, involves... Golovkin winning the fight tomorrow night. I'm 40 now. I want the biggest fights possible. Well, that's the only fight. The biggest fight is the fourth fight with Canelo. Right. Exactly. I don't see him it's fighting. Really I don't see him fighting any of those younger guys. Why? Why? You're not making that much fighting no. um, Charlo. You're not making that much money. What are your old fighters Andrade. don't don't fight the, these young up and up starts who are up and coming and that are going to be made on, on that fight. You fight who can make you the most amount exactly. of money. Yeah. All right. That's an awesome stuff. Let's do our. Let's end the show with our top five trilogies. Mm, okay. And I'm gonna do it a little different. Do you have yours up? Um, I, I have them in my head. Okay, that's good. You're good. You have a pretty good memory. Surprisingly, <laughs> for a guy that spent time getting hit in the head, you have yeah, a good memory. You, you would you would think it would I would not be as sharp, but no, you really are. You're. I asked for your path to victory. You didn't even look down once. You were just right off right off the top. Right I uh, I started writing them earlier, and then I just stopped. So I just that's eh, in the head. Boom! Right. That's why you're such a good broadcaster. In the head. All right. Enough praise of Chris Algieri. Let's really? go. No, we can keep going. <laughs> no, can let's keep going. go guys, right you, here. You guys can praise me. It's cool. Oh, we're getting some good some good praise in the, in the chat. Um, let's go to the chat real quick. Hagler with a three. H3 Agler. I'm worried Triple G loses in a sad way, like Tyson McBride style. Uh, that's a good point. If there comes a point where he realizes he can't hurt Canelo and gasses, starts taking big damage, towel gets thrown. That's how I see the fight. That's not the, sad. It's just, it's for Maybe for Hagler with a three, it's sad. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, if you're a big Golovkin fan, yeah, you don't want to see him go out like that. But that's how I honestly see the fight playing out because that's why I took, um, you know, Triple G round 7 through 12. But I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I, I think he's going to – if if it ends in a stoppage, it's going to be a wear-down situation. Yeah, I think it hurts to the body, taking too many shots upstairs. And I think corner retirement's probably – I don't I have to see who the ref is. I should probably pull that up. Um, uh, we haven't talked about Banks. Jonathan Banks. This is the first fight where Triple G – Triple G Canelo is Banks in the corner. That's an, that. What is what's the deal with that? Uh, so I called the the Zerismata fight, which was the first fight that they had with Banks, but right. they had multiple camps prior to that because of cancellations and then getting pushed back. Um, and he did show some good head movement in that fight, but then he fought Murata, and Murata was a much different challenge than Zerismata. We didn't see that same head movement again. So how much of Banks are we going to see come this new fight in terms of head movement? I don't think much. I think Canelo's way too fast. I honestly, and you would know this better than me. I, I would. I honestly thought the Banks thing was just. I I, I don't want to pay you as much as I was paying Abel Sanchez. 
I could because what have you seen? Have you seen any difference in Golovkin? I, again, I saw it in the Sarah's modified because he th- he actually well he was facing a guy that was he actually sub punches. <laughs> but yeah, but he was also fighting a guy that was not even correct. on his level. Correct. Yeah, and and actually Murata is a guy that he actually could have slept punches because Murata's not a fast guy either, and he didn't. He just went back to. So I mean, it's like yeah, obviously it. he had a he had a falling out with Abel Sanchez that sucks, and it was over money because yeah. Abel Sanchez did a ton of interviews talking about it. Mm-hmm. Was not afraid to say it. That's how most of these trainer breakups happen is over money. Yeah, and he brought in Banks, and Banks, has, you know, they talked up this whole thing. Like we're gonna you're gonna see a lighter. You're gonna see Golovkin move. He's never that's never been him. No. Not gonna change that at forty either. You you can't change something that works. You can't change it that much. So uh, yeah, I, I think at high levels when you when you especially get late in your career, you, you're making minor minor adjustments, little little things here and there, game plan, strategy stuff. But I, you're not gonna change the style. Hagler were the three said it would be sad for me. You said it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. One final thing in the chat, we I put up a poll of who's gonna win to mm-hmm. see what they think. Out of 21 votes, 52 percent Triple G. Wow. wow. I think over so, to three so voted three times. <laughs> so I, I, I did a poll on my Instagram as well. And I think what I'm, you got? I'm pre- I think it was, I mean, when I looked at it early, it was very. You know what that G is heavy. though? People just don't like Canelo. I don't know. As much as he's done for this sport and much as he is. See, I don't look, I look at the sport differently than a fan does. I look at it as the entirety of the sport. I work in the sport. Chris, you do as well. I root for the sport to do well. So, therefore, if Canelo wins, that's good for the sport. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. Fans out there do not like Canelo because they feel like he gets over-the-top praise. They, you know, the, the failed of a drug test, uh, yeah. doesn't fight black fighters, doesn't fight Mexican fighters. You don't know the half, right? It's crazy out there. The fact that, like... Is that true? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh. I, mean, I mean... These are things fans say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah, everyone that people say that. Yeah, You yeah. forget fan is short for fanatical. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're wrong. They, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's what makes the sport beautiful, the fans. There are a lot of fans out there. You would think a guy like Canelo would get, like, praise like LeBron gets, or that's probably not the best... Uh, comparison, but yeah. it's not. A lot of people don't like Canelo. A lot of people don't want to see this fight. A lot of people would love to see... Golovkin just like ruin everything. I mean, a lot of people don't like LeBron. That's true. I know. That's I why I, was, that's say that's say why that I thought too. it was the yeah. best uh, comparison. So my my uh, my Instagram poll, I've got close to a couple. I've got a couple hundred votes, and I've got fifty seven percent for Canelo. Oh, see, that just shows you have an intelligent fan base. <laughs> we got. I a mean, my, more my, votes in. my fans are pretty sharp. Yeah, Canelo I mean, has taken over the poll. Oh my God, fifty two percent already. Breaking. Oh, wow. All right, split right through. We okay. got breaking news. Siempre El Reyes says facts on Canelo hate. There's a lot of Canelo hate out there. You know why? It's like boxing fans, anytime you see someone get so much praise and from... This is this is news to me. This is wild to me because I, I love Canelo. <laughs> I, I sort of why. I think he's great. I, actually, I love both these guys. But I, like if you're wrong. a fan, you might not like him. You might say, uh, if you're a fan, of, well, one thing we know about boxing fans too is like some fans root for Pickle. promotions. Yeah, well, that too. And there's a lot of fans out there that root for PBC. And they say... Why has Canelo not fought Charlo? Why has Charlo not fought anybody? That's that's the rebuttal. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's an easy, very easy rebuttal. Because Canelo has been... He fought PBC, he fought Kel Plant. Yeah. PBC. But why not? Yeah, he went to 168. And the reason I would say is he's not fought Charlo. Be, oh, at 160. Um, I don't know what the reason is. But yeah, because he went up to 168 and he fought Plant. Yeah. But there's the talk. Is remember when Canelo was given the franchise belt at 160? Mm-hmm. That was a whole mess. There's people, there's conspiracies out there. There's people that say the reason he was given that franchise belt was from Mauricio Suleiman, who's obviously very tight with Canelo, so he would not have to fight Charlo. 
Well, not the fight is mandatory. The, the franchise belt pretty much gave you freedom to go to 168, gave you freedom to defend against whoever you wanted. It's like a lifetime achievement award while you were still fighting. People, that's the hate that comes from, from kind of why doesn't he fight Andre? Why doesn't he fight any one of these slick, you know, black fighters? And my, my rebuttal is going to be the same. Why don't those guys fight anybody else? They, 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 they haven't really fought any high caliber guys. Well, that's, that's why remember Canelo said you're, that. You're going for the tip top guy. I mean, if I'm Canelo, I'm saying, okay, beat one of those guys that are coming up that to get, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. You got to earn that shot. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm the cash cow. He, Canelo has the power to pick and choose. Yes. That's the, that's another thing too, is, is he, remember when he said, I want them to fight each other. Yeah. Let Andrade fight Charlo. And the yeah, winner fight fights the winner. me. Yeah. But they're just waiting around now. Well, well, well they were no, waiting. No one around. wants to take the risk. Right. No one wants to take the risk. So they were just waiting around. But, waiting. They, that, but that forces Canelo to take risk and jump up to 75 and fight, you know, whatever. Right. But, and listen, there, and there's a lot of ways to look at it. It's all about perspective. It's it's it, neither here nor there. Only thing I can say, only thing that that is that is on paper, objectively, is that Canelo has been fighting the who's who of guys and beating them, wipes out the division, jumps up and w- jumping all over the weight classes. I mean, uh, that's all. I mean, how how are you going to argue that? I think this is would be a this is going to be a conversation we have for our post fight show tomorrow yeah. night um, on what's next, especially if Canelo wins, because I haven't even thought about what's next for Canelo, because it can go so many different ways. I, I think he's done with his deal with Matchroom. Uh, <coughs> he's obviously a free agent and he can fight anyone. Can fight There's any, no more British guys for him to. That's what I, that's another thing too, Ronnie. This um, we're giving you like a, a lesson here in, in crash course, a crash course in Canelo. He's hate. done with tea and crumpets. Everyone's like, this guy's just a Euro bum beater. He beats up on these European fighters. Well, he signed the deal with Matchroom and he just beat up all of Eddie's guys and then just was waiting for and the Eddie's big ones here. He's got a big smile on his face. But the the thing with that is like he looked at the division. He went to 168. He looked at the division. He still had to take those risks. Callum Smith was still huge. Callum Smith was a, a risk. B- BJ Saunders, I knew he was going to win that one. Listen, and then BJ, he beat Plant. Uh, BJ was is was is good was good, and he gave him a, a few good rounds. He just you know his fucking face broke. But I'm trying to pull up Canelo's box rec. If you type in Canelo Alvarez, it doesn't come up because that's really not his name. Saul. Yeah. Saul. Good call me Saul Goodman Alvarez. Um, <laughs> Don't call me Saul. Since Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> Since Jacobs, he's fought Sergey Kovalev, Callum Smith. Callum Smith started off the, the Euro tour. Those are two studs. Alvi, Anvi Yildirim. Not a stud. Billy Joe Saunders. Eh. I think stud, undefeated. Uh, guy that was beat. Passed it, though. Yeah. yeah. Caleb Plant. Stud. Dimitri Bivol. It's a good run, but yeah. for some, it's not good enough. I wanted them to fight Charlo. Um just because I thought it would have been a cool event, something different. PBC, Charlo's pretty popular. So say he fought Charlo and he beats him. Now we're going, oh, he didn't fight Caleb Plant. Now he didn't fight, he didn't right. fight Peter he, Saunders. He didn't, Plant you know, had something, Plant, was yeah. per, Plant had the, the lottery ticket in his hand. Which yeah. Which was, was that fourth belt. Right. And he's like, you know what? You have to come to me if you want to, you know, Canel's all about history. Yeah. So that's the reason why. There, there, there's your answer. <laughs> that's Thank the you. reason why Canel gets so much hate. It, it, every fighter gets hate. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We got trilogies? Hmm? Trilogies? Best trilogies. Yes, best five trilogies right now because I'm hungry and I want to go eat. Yeah, all right, know. let's go. Instead of last time, I think we all listed ours. Um, let's go back and forth. Yeah, like yeah. Five, okay. five, yep, four, yep, four. Yep, yep. Number five for me, Fury Wilder. And I already posted this on Twitter. Lou DeBella said my list is ass. Uh, Colm already tweeted 
uh, DM me, said, your list sucks. Uh, people said Fury Wilder shouldn't be on the list. I have it on my list, and I was debating between this and Bo Holyfield because my criteria for this list is at least two-thirds of the trilogy has to be outstanding fights. Mm-hmm. Not one good fight and then two shitty ones. Well, not one good fight and then two non-member ones, and they you know just didn't give it in, in those last two. So I got Fury Wilder in there because two of the three fights were very good or delivered memorable moments. First fight, obviously, Fury getting up off the canvas is one of the best moments in the history of boxing. Second fight, if you're a Fury fan, you loved it. Uh, wasn't really a, a, a competitive fight. No, beating. Third fight, instant classic. Yep. No one wanted the third fight. This could be foreshadowing what we see tomorrow night. No one wants to see uh, Canelo Golovkin three. No one wanted to see Fury Wilder three. And it ended up being the best of the three. Knockdowns all over the place. On top of it, Chris, I think what it did for boxing. Mm-hmm. The sport badly needed an infusion in the heavyweight division, and this was the one. This was the second fight was huge. You were at that fight. Yep. I was at that fight. Super Bowl spots for it. A massive buildup. Adele sitting behind me. Wilder stupid walk-in suit. The suit that's going to be live on in infamy. Uh, you know, all the, the everything. This fight had everything besides that competitiveness in that second fight, but it was huge. It meant a lot for the sport and meant a lot for the heavyweight division because there really wasn't that big heavyweight. It was out of the Klitschko era. We had Fury. He came back. We had Wilder, but he never fought anyone. So that's why I have Fury Wilder number five. I actually have the same <laughs> for my number five. But so I, I, my, my criteria is different than yours. So number one is how good was the fight to watch? Like, I just, was it a good fight to watch? And out of the three, like, Similar to you, two out of three of those had to be had to be really good. Number two, what it meant historically matters mm-hmm. to me because if we're talking about the all time greatest, it has to have an effect. Listen, I bet you there's some there's some journeymen who beat each other up in Providence, Rhode Island that we've never seen. Those don't care. I think cool. It's a great fight. I don't want to see Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I want right. to see fights that matter. Fights that historically have some kind of significance. Um, and then uh, number three is what it does for me nostalgically, which is similar to what number two, but like, I, like if, it, if it strikes a chord in me, then it's, it's going to be higher on the list than maybe something else. So for me, the Fury Wilder fight, one, first fight was classic. Third fight, classic. Again, second fight was a drubbing. It still gives, it was knockdown. I mean, it wasn't like a boring fight. No, it wasn't a boring, neither one, none of them were boring. All three of them were, were actually, were, were entertaining fights, whether it was a beating and a knockout, and, and, but also the expectation, the mm-hmm. feeling, the, 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 you know, the, how many eyes were watching it, the fact that it's heavyweights. I love heavyweights, man. I yeah, really love that's heavyweights. That's a big moment because it, it brought back heavyweight boxing. Yep. This is a huge, huge fight. And it really introduced the world to, to Tyson Fury. You know, that first fight, I mean, Wilder was the, the he was killing everything. Yeah. He was the destroyer. Everyone was like, this is the hardest puncher we've ever seen. And then Tyson Fury comes out boombastic with the way he talks. And no one expects him to win, really. Gets off the deck. Outboxes the guy. It's a draw. I mean, listen, top five, because we're talking all time and it's been so recent. I think if we look back on this five years from now, we're like, yeah, of course it's top five. Like it's an awesome, they're awesome trilogy. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number five. That one we got, we got. Both we got that one together. Roasted for that That's one. Number four. This one isn't. This one's on my list, but it's not on yours. Fighter uh, Ray Leonard versus Roberto Duran. This goes with my whole thing of two of the three have to be good because their last fight was in the nineties. It was pathetic. Yeah. 
Uh, they were well past it. It doesn't shouldn't even happened. Second fight wasn't that good either. But the second fight had <laughs> like, the no moss moment. Yes, 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 yeah. But the first fight was epic. Fighter of the seventies, Duran versus Fighter of the eighties. Oh, first fight was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Two of the very best. The first fight, biggest fight ever, Chris. That not to not have a heavyweight. Yep. Leonard got a nine million dollar purse. That he was the highest paid non heavyweight back then. Na- back then in the eighties, nine million bucks he got to, to fight. This was the huge fight. If you watch the Four Kings on Showtime, they'll show you yeah, I love that, that how big this fight was. Really That's the first fight. Obviously, uh, Duran wins, and he's he's a hero, and all that comes. Then the second fight comes. Uh, no Duran mas. got fat. Duran got partied. He the no mas moment. Yep. Maybe you know I'm not looking towards technical stuff, but that was a big thing. Um, but the first one and the second one delivered moments. Third fight sucked, but 67 percent of this trilogy was epic. Okay, fair. Which fair. are four? Uh, my number four is Bo Holyfield. Oh, God. God, the first fight. The first fight was so goddamn good yeah. <laughs> that it belongs on the list. The heavyweights and, of today look like trash. Like, if you watch those guys fight, I mean, first of all, Riddick Bo was, I think he was the first super heavyweight that we could really, really talk. Like, the guys, the way they look now. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he was big. He was fast. He was strong. He had endurance. He had power. He had everything. And he was huge. You know, uh, kind of like the guys we see now. That was the, he was the, the, the first of an era. Um, and Evander Holyfield coming up from, I mean, Evander was one of the best cruiser faces who's ever lived and his combination punching at heavyweight, his durability, his left hook, forget it. I mean, his footwork, he, the guy looked like he was dancing out there. That first fight was insane. The, the, the balls, the heart, the chin that Evander showed in that fight, especially the first one yeah. is insane. The it fact that he, the fact that he made it to the end of that fight is crazy. High level. Highest level, just he- no, fight. no stop, all ebb and flow. Like yeah. today's heavyweights, you see a lot of standing there. You a lot see of a standing, lot of, a lot of like, hugging, a lot of hugging. None of that, none of that. Fan man moment. So that was that was historically why this fight got there too. The fan man mo- moment is a big deal. I remember that as a kid. It was in '93. Yeah, I was in the third grade. My grandfather told me about this. Oh yeah. my god, look at the fan! You know, it, it, it's it's just wild. And then the and then the third fight, which a lot of people at home probably don't remember this, but like Evander Holyfield was like going through like basically a heart attack. During the fight, and that's, yeah. he got stopped. He blamed that for for the reason, but he had like a hole in his heart, something something really really dramatic, um, and one of the only times that he ever got stopped. The other one I think it was James Tony. Towards the end, oh, he got stopped last year by Vitor Belfort. Let's not even talk about I'm that. Thriller. Uh, on September Vitor, 11th. Vitor's my friend, but let's not even talk on about September that. On September 11th. Um, but yeah, so uh, Riddick Bow stops stopped uh, Vander Holyfield in the third fight, closing out the trilogy. To this day, Rick Bow only has one loss. It's hey, wild. And he also dropped the belt in the trash. Yes. A lot so, of drama around, yeah. the, around that fight. The one thing Those about the fights. fan man, before I move on to my number three, the fan man, my dad was at that fight. And I remember we're, we're occasionally we, were, we we ordered the pay-per-views, the big ones, mm-hmm. so we can watch. Oh, there's dad. We see him on, on the TV in the back. And then the fan man came in. And I remember me and my brothers were so scared. Ron, do you, remember, do you ever hear about this? No. <laughs> Hard no. Yeah, a, f- a guy in a f- an, with a fan on his back jumped out of a plane and landed in the ring into the ring while they're fighting. on the biggest fight of the year. That's something you need to pull up. And he Is got caught open, up. He open caught up ceiling yeah, stadium. Open Caesar's Palace. Yep. Who? Another thing my dad told me was the coolest place ever to watch a fight. It no longer exists. It's outdoor seating, and the fights would happen like at dusk. Yeah, it had like a dome with a hole in the middle, like an opening, right? Like I think it was wide open. It was wide open. Fan wide man open. fight. Fan man. Fan man, yeah. He came, you could see like the, the blimp. Wild. I think he practiced earlier in the night, and the what? blimp caught him earlier in the night. They had earlier in the day, they saw him like practicing it. And he came flying in, landed in the ropes, 
which was actually yeah. kind of low-key impressive that he landed on the ropes. I'm looking at these pictures. And the fact got, that he hit the ring at all yeah. is wild. And then got pummeled, like beat to a pulp. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> Through his helmet, dented his helmet. The fight had to be stopped for like a half hour. They put those giant towels on Yeah, him. they put big towels over sh- over Holyfield's shoulders so they could stay warm. Yeah, I was like seven years old. I was like crying. because It was the it was only like fight that, that Vander won of the three. Yeah. That was the fight that he won by majority decision. Wild, wild scenes. Wild scenes. Oh, I'm watching, I'm watching the video now. It's nuts, bro. Number three, I have Barrera Morales. Um, <laughs> unbelievable fights. The nice. first and third fights were named the Ring Magazine Fight of the Year. 2000 and 2004's fight of the year was Barrera, uh, Barrera Morales. All three fights were outstanding. Barrera ended up winning two of the three, but all the fights were razor thin. I can go eat, uh, you know, one way or the other. The bad blood. These guys hated each other in yep. the buildup. But the funny part fights about in the it. Fights press conferences. Punches, kicks. Thrown. Punches. Real kicks. punches. Like kicks. Yeah. Morales threw a kick at Barrera. And the funny thing about it now is they're best friends. They do yeah. a podcast together. They, awesome. they're, they, they double date with their wives. They're inseparable. But, so Will we see that from, from Golovkin and Canelo 10 years, I 15 so. years from now? I, I, I love that shit. I mean, former, I former foes, friends, whatever. But they're also from like, like two sides of the tracks. Tijuana and Mexico City, very different types of Mexicans. So they had that, that animosity like that is generational, aside from just, you know, obviously being uh, – Two Mexican fighters in the, in the same era who were in their primes. What's your number three? My number three is Gotti Ward. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of a lot of. <laughs> you, you feel like you're, you sound like you're shell shocked. Like, yeah, I, I got a lot. Of, I got a, I got a lot of heat for that. On there. Obviously, best fight. Gotti fight won best fight of all time. Yeah, I mean, I can in my I, opinion, I can understand. We, we spoke about this off air. Um, you were saying Gotti Ward, like one of those fights was classic. The other two were kind of one sided ish. But I argued that the third one was not because there was high drama. So. For anyone at home who is not aware of these fights, first of all, go home and watch them immediately. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 30 rounds. Go watch all 30 in a row. Especially the first 10. <laughs> Grab a six-pack of beer and watch the 30 rounds of, of Gotti Ward. First fight, I mean, the most hellaciously violent 10-round fight that you're ever going to see in the modern era where we actually have color television. Um, killed each other. Gotti gets dropped at a, uh, uh, Gotti gets dropped at a body shot in the ninth, ra- uh, ninth round. Is pummeled all Ninth over the rounds. Ring. One of the best rounds. The ever. most ridiculous rounds I've ever seen. on the call. Tenth round, Gotti comes back to win the box and 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 loses a very very close razor decision. Second fight, Gotti shows his class as a former world champion and really just tunes Ward up. Breaks his hand as well. Drops Ward uh, early in the fight with a with a right hand to the uh, to the eardrum. Busts his eardrum. Ward is just fighting on nuts and guts the whole rest of the way. Uh, Gotti wins a wide decision. Third fight looks like it's going to be the continuation of the second fight, and looked like to me that Gotti was going to knock Ward out. Breaks his hand on on Ward's hip, yep. Changes the whole fight. Has to fight one handed from there on out. Gets dropped himself by an overhand right from from uh, Mickey Ward. Makes a very very dramatic fight. Um, but you're right, They're, the the two of them their their skill sets were very very separate. Gotti was a much much better fighter, um, but Ward was just so gutsy. So much heart, so much chin, made for an absolute classic. I, I I absolutely love these fights. I could watch any of them at yeah, any at good. any one time. That should um, be on my list. I, I messed up. Yeah, it's just it's it's just tough because they're not at the level of any of these other guys. We're right, also, that's we're, what I we're also, talking about. World champions. Everyone else is all world champions. I, I'm not demeaning that, that first fight was. I think is one of the best fights of all time. Yeah, but the like the, like you said, the last two. I feel like these other fights. Yeah, maybe Ward, it could have been five. I could have had it maybe over Ford Fury had, what, Wilder. 12, 12 losses when they fought the yeah. first time. It was like put together by our friend Lou DeBella, and it was a great matchmaking. And yeah, I was supposed to. You were there. 
At all uh, three, actually. I was at all three. My God, jeez. I was supposed to be at the first one, but I went to Melanie Stafford's Sweet 16 instead. Melanie Stafford, you are canceled from this show. I don't even want you tuning in. <laughs> I don't think she's going to, but I, sh- I remember. She's out. I think she was in. I, I thought I saw her. Yeah, she's, she's in the she's chat. A, you kicked her out, right? She's it was out. a yeah, great yeah. Sweet 16. We I had knew. a photo booth. I missed the best fight of all time. If all I right. never go to a Sweet 16 again, I'll be happy. I went to so many on Long Island. I'm yeah, sure you did too. Yeah, Long, Long Island. Island. Oh, ridiculous. my God. Did you ever go to a Sweet 16? I'm so many. I was part of the court for a lot of them. Yikes. What does that mean? Yikes. I was like one of the dancers with the Sweet So. Hispanic culture, quinceañera. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's, yeah, it's big. Yeah. 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 It was a good Sweet 16, but it was not better than Gotti Ward. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you sure? You, you need to clip that out. You Great Sweet 16, watch. not as good as Gotti Ward. <laughs> Number two, Pacquiao Marquez. Four fights spanned eight years. Uh, some similarities to this uh, uh, trilogy that we're getting between Canelo and, yeah. and uh, Golovkin. Uh, first fight, uh, first round of the first fight, so epic. Yeah, I mean, three knockdowns. Three and, knockdowns. And, and they come back, you get a draw. Come from, back, from get Marquez. a draw. Wild. The whole thing was epic. Ends with the fourth fight that nobody wanted, and it ends with Manny Pacquiao absolutely laid out Starched. in the arms of Mitt Romney. He fell into Mitt Romney's lap. Face down. Pacquiao iced. Exclamation point. Could see that tomorrow night. We could. We could. I yep. don't think so, but we could. We could see that tomorrow night, Chris. But it, you, you have to remember that uh, Pacquiao was beating the shit out of Marquez prior, yes. prior to that knockdown. Knocked him down. Broke his nose. Was was really... I mean, he got dropped himself, Pacquiao, but like he was really, really tuning Marquez up in a way that we had never seen in the th- prior three fights. What was that, 2012? And you fought him two years after that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. Pacquiao, and then he went away for a while, and then he fought uh, Rios. Fought Rios then he first, fought you. then he fought me, then he fought... Mayweather. Tim again, Bradley. Oh, then he then fought Vargas. Then he, yeah, it's just, yeah, right after me, he fought Tim again, beat him again the third time. Pacquiao Marcus is my number two. What's your number two? Barrera Morales. I mean, I yeah. vividly remember watching this on my friend Vinny Russo's. Uh, we were, I was sitting on his carpet in front of his bed watching this fight on HBO on a TV about as big as this computer screen right here and uh, just freaking out. And as soon as we were done, we just did push-ups. Because it was just such a badass fight. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, no, all of those fights were awesome. I was a huge Barrera fan, always was. Um, I hated that, even though Ginger Jones is the man, I uh, hated that he beat Barrera those two times, Poison. But, um, yeah, huge, huge Barrera fan. So, for me, it was kind of like, that was like, you know when you root for your team? I was yeah. rooting for Barrera all three yeah. of those fights. So, those I was like always like so on sick. edge. Oh, just like so much. I want you to win. I want you to win. I want you the to win. The first fight was so good that the second was a pay-per-view. And at, at, that that time, weight, at that time, at that, that was not a thing. Yeah. Al Bernstein just checked in. Hall of oh. Fame broadcaster, Al. one of the best to ever do it. Dan, I have to go against your Duran Leonard pick. Hey. <laughs> Second fight too. ended weird. Fro- third fight was a dud. I like the others on your list, on both lists. Aye. And Marquez Vasquez. Okay. Those fights are brutal and good and I, I got I got like a bad taste in my mouth from those. I don't know why. Like they're so violent. Marquez yeah. Vasquez's eye is still still really bad. Um, and also, I feel like neither one of them were the same ever again after those fights. I I just I hate that. That's not why they're not on my list, but that's that's what comes to mind thinking about that. All right, that's and then obviously number one, Ollie, Ollie Frazier. Frazier. I feel and like we don't even have to talk about it. It's the only reason I didn't put. So I, I think Brian Riles actually for me is probably the number one. But I, you can't do you a can't, trilogy list without it. putting Muhammad Ali. Joe Frazier. That's so corny we both did that, but yeah. it's No, it's like, so we don't, like, get our jobs revoked. 
Yeah, yeah, we'd be fired from the boxing. The boxing gods would literally strike us down. They cancel us. I mean, John Boy here probably Apollo and Rocky would literally kick us out. Exactly. Like, if we don't put Ali Frazier number one, then... Yeah. Obi probably should have put it, too. If you really want to be hot take artists, don't put Ali Frazier on the list at all. Oh. And then watch the numbers. Yeah. Comments. Comments. And then I just say, Ali, Ali, overrated. Because I had had, uh, uh, Pacquiao (laughs) Morales. Not the greatest. Pacquiao Morales was another one that I had on my... Broader list. Oh, they're good. Those too. fights. We could probably. Sick. You can do ten, uh, but we kept it to five. Here's. A, we'll end on this. Will once they step into the ring tomorrow night, it's officially a trilogy. Will this slide into a top five, given how good those first twenty four rounds were? Yes, first two fights were great. Simple as. I mean, again, if they're watching them this week, I mean, these fights are awesome, and it's two guys that are really, really important in the sport. Um, and I think regardless of what happens tomorrow night, I think these guys will be on a top 10, potentially top five list. Who knows how it's going to end tomorrow night. The trilogy comes to an end. If you're listening to this with us today, I appreciate everyone in the chat. We're going to start doing more live shows, uh, more and more. We have our live stream tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on the John Boy Boxing YouTube page. Tell a friend. Uh, if you're not going to order the fight and you want us to, to give you be your eyes and ears, you're going to have a good time. Ronnie's going to wear those glasses. We're going to have some adult beverages. We're going to order food. We're going to give our commentary. Uh, hopefully something crazy happens. We're going to have everything tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on the John Boy Boxing YouTube page. Who knows? This could be an absolute barn burner. You get a crazy night. We all have a good time. And if you're listening to this you know, on the podcast uh, on Saturday, uh, get ready for a huge fight. Chris, any final words? Yeah, and, and if it's not a barn burner, um, it'll be fun watching and listening to me and you talk shit. Exactly. We're going to talk a lot of shit. Talk a lot We're going to, hopefully there's some crazy shit happens. Fan man comes to, makes his, no, he's, he's actually, he actually died. Let's end there. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>